On this episode of The Fellowship, our guests are Eric Schliff and Emily Abernathy, Global Scope missionaries in Brisbane, Australia. We talk about how they got plugged in with campus ministry, how humor isn't antithetical to faith, and how one small gesture of hospitality, like handing out cookies or being a listening ear for someone, can change the entire trajectory of a person's life. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to The Fellowship. You guys uh, have been in Australia for how many years now? We've been in Australia for about five and a half years. We planted in February 2017. In February 2017. Since December. Okay, awesome. And you guys are not Australians, so it wasn't like you started that ministry there. You're actually from the United States. And I just found out you guys are both from the same town in Georgia. Is that right? Yep, we we're both from Marietta, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, but we didn't meet until college at Georgia Tech. No way. We lived, what, three right. or four miles away from each other, but yep. there's so many high schools up here, so we went to different oh, high schools. Oh, okay. A couple years into college. Yep. I was going to say, I didn't know if it was like because you were like different ages or something like that. But, you know, for me, I, I don't know much about the Atlanta area and how big Marietta is. So I, I'm imagining kind of like me, small town where, man, you know, everybody uh, growing up, it's a fishbowl. Marietta's not quite like that. No, no, there's like 15 high schools around here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit different. I think <laughs> it, yeah. I don't even think there were 15 high schools in my like county. So <laughs> yeah, that's it. So you guys literally grew up four or five miles from each other, but mm-hmm. never, never interacted until you got to college. That is yeah. really, really funny. Yeah. What what was your high school experiences like? I'd love to hear a little bit about that, though. So, f- for some of our folks, you know, especially a- as missionaries, we have a-, a myriad of different people who high school or junior high, high school, and even the faith journey started pretty pretty early on for some of them, and then others, it was really the college experience where it, they were indelibly marked by an experience that led them to Christ and wanted to follow Jesus and then that, which led into ministry. So I'd love to hear a little bit from both of you, even though you're both from the same town, I'm guessing you had very different experiences uh, in, in growing up as well as in coming to faith. So Emily, could you share a little bit about that? Like what was your journey to faith uh, and even connecting up with Eric and I'm guessing CCF at Georgia tech and everything else. Yeah. So growing up in Marietta, my family, we didn't go to church until regularly until I was like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm really grateful for that now, actually, because I can remember when we all started going as a family and like changes that that meant. Like for some reason, my parents were always writing a check and putting in the offering plate and that (laughs) impact our lives. So I'm like a little kid, but I'm like, okay, we're like kind of living differently now. Mm-hmm. And, like so those- you, and you could even know, like you noticed a significant change even in your family culture at that time. I would I say think. so. Yeah. yeah. 
And so we've all, it's interesting because we've all kind of been on this journey together, mm. me and my parents specifically. Um, and then when I went to, so that time from 10 years old till graduating high school, I was, I was doing all the things that were offered to me, church camp, youth group, youth conferences, mission trips. So those were uh, invaluable years of getting some faith foundations. But I think it all really kind of came together for me at Georgia Tech. Yeah. 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 Um, So those things were all kind of building up, but really it was a culmination of all those things. And then your time at Georgia Tech and CCF that really solidified this faith being your own in, in many ways. Yeah. It helped me to put words to okay, that was God at work in my life. That mm. was me experiencing God when I was in Mexico, hadn't showered for like 10 days, but I was happier than I'd ever been, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas at the time, I was just like a junior in high school. I was so, I don't know, all the, you know, yeah. stuff. And so I needed someone later to help me look back and be like, okay, I was experiencing God at camp on the mission field, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool that's really cool and then for so you how did you lock in on georgia tech like and, and then how did you get plugged in with ccf emily i'd love to hear a little bit about that like i've heard various folks like cammy and others they share about how oddly enough it felt like this was the place i had to be and like all point all signs kind of pointed to being at ccf being going to even georgia tech was it that type of experience or was it more like what is this random building over here and why are people giving me cookies and i'm gonna go in here and check it out um yeah the application process to georgia tech was was strange because my dad went to Georgia Tech, so I was like, I am not going there. Mm. I'm my own person, you know. <laughs> then on the application deadline for Georgia Tech, I realized that they didn't have any essay questions. So I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and apply because it's going to be quick and easy. Yeah. Well, this application. And then the day I got my acceptance, I look back now and I can see God directing me. But at the time, mm. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go there. <laughs> like all the other <laughs> just went out the window. I yeah. just felt very peaceful about that. Uh, and then when I got there, I, I was handed a cookie on <laughs> by someone. Seriously. It took, me, it took me a little while to go to CCF. Mm-hmm. I think I went to one, maybe two events, and then they had a retreat coming up. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, I'm going to go on it. And that's when I was like, I'm in after the retreat. I just... I'm a, I'm a pretty emotional person and I was like weeping the whole retreat because yeah. I was like, this is what I've been missing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> Do you remember who handed you the cookie? Oh yeah. Heather Quiggle. Heather Quiggle. That's funny. That's awesome. Do you still keep in contact with Heather? Not so much, but yeah. if I saw her, it would be, you know, yeah. great times. Yeah. It's just so, it's just so fascinating to me to, to see the impact that people have even in just making that invitation just inviting people to be in and a part of what you're doing and it could be as simple as handing you a cookie and saying, hey show up at ccf and then look at you now you're serving with with cmf in australia and and you wouldn't have made that connection necessarily if it wasn't for heather quiggle giving you that cookie at that point maybe maybe 
but it's really fascinating to think about the impact that God uses, even in those small interactions with people uh, like other. Well, Eric, how about you, buddy? Like, you, what what was junior high, high school, growing up, your faith journey with your family uh, pre pre Georgia Tech? What did it look like? Well, I grew up in a family. Um, my dad was a baptized Catholic, um, born in Germany. Um, and my mom was, grew up in the Methodist church. Mm -hmm. And so they had a sort of compromise when I was born or before I was born and they tend to a Lutheran church. Nice. <laughs> so I was baptized in a Lutheran church. And so I would describe my early upbringing as quite an ecumenical experience. Hmm. Uh, we went to a Lutheran church initially and then a Baptist church for a year and then settled on a Methodist church here in Marietta. And I would describe the upbringing as pretty um, quintessential suburban American uh, upbringing. Um, I was part of the youth group. There was never really a time where I like wouldn't consider myself a Christian. Um, I was baptized as an infant on September 30th, 1990. Nice. Uh, which I only know because years later I found like this baptism coin in my, yeah. in my, uh, my bedroom and i was like what is this and uh, there's a date on it and it's not it actually bedroom, had, but, yeah, yeah it had the date on it and everything yep yeah that's cool um and so i went to the youth group i wasn't the most involved person in youth group um i was mainly going like for the social mm -hmm. atmosphere and which is what most junior hires and high schoolers are doing it's like oh this is the right yeah. thing to do and oh look i'm gonna go be with these people yeah but I would get explicitly annoyed when things turned like spiritual. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but looking back on that, I feel like that was just like, you know, immaturity as opposed to like opposition or like, um, yeah, opposition to faith, I guess. Yeah. And so during my junior, senior year of high school, I kind of like grew a little bit disinterested, um, stopped going to church as much. And by the time I was a freshman in college, I was like, I would say deeply apathetic towards mm -hmm. a spiritual life, towards faith. And then um, during my freshman year at Tech, my friend Alex Ferguson um, invited me to CCF probably two or three times. Um, I went to the CCF Fresh Formal, which they have every year. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's meant to be like an answer to like um, the Greek life um, yeah. formals that happen on campus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went to that and I went to a couple of like Thursday night events. The Thursday night event at the time was called Bible study, um, which, yeah. you know, what a shocking name, but <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> really original, really. Original. <laughs> <laughs> but when you actually go to it, like it's, it's more of like a worship service. And so the fact that it was called Bible study was like, well, I don't want to, sit around with like 20 strangers that I don't know and talk about the Bible. Like I'll do that with friends for sure, but um, not with strangers. And so I wasn't um, super interested. I kind of had this feeling that it was like overwhelmingly lame, uh, which is kind of like, which is weird at CCF in general, which is just absolutely ridiculous in hindsight. Um, sure. But in that moment, it just felt like that's, 
oh, this is lame. And yeah, why yeah. would I go to Bible study? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, can we make up a cool name for it? Just Bible study. <laughs> now it has a cool name on Thursday night. Whoa. So, uh, <laughs> that, like, you know, as you get older, you kind of worry less and less about what it, what is cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, during my sophomore year, the one of the interns, Brad Latham, uh, really pursued me. Um, I would say pursued me very well, and uh, he was also really funny. Like he was way funnier than anyone I encountered in my high school youth group, hmm. and that was very attractive to me because yeah. I, I learned in hindsight that I just like really like being entertained and be and laughing and having a good time, that kind of yeah. stuff. And I was also kind of a realization that that's not necessarily antithetical to like a faith community. Um, mm-hmm. Like laughter happens in monasteries, you know, and in yeah. churches <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, so I became really plugged in my sophomore year. Um, and that was a year that my parents got divorced. And so I was mm-hmm. like looking for some sort of community uh, a little bit more and really this community just kind of like fell into my lap like I didn't really pursue it a whole lot more so than Brad was um, pursuing me so I got to be friends with a bunch of folks there um, started hanging out with them more frequently and found that the like faith approach was a lot more challenging I think mm-hmm. um, as opposed to exclusively comforting um, which I also really loved and found attractive at the time. And a bunch of people were encouraging me to study abroad with, with global scope. Yeah. Uh, in 2009, I think 2009, 2010 school year. And I thought to myself, that was a great idea. And I also wanted to learn Spanish. Um, so in 2010, I did an exchange semester in Santiago, Chile. Oh, for real? Okay. I didn't know that. That's, that's yeah, what you did, man. Uh, so, I, I don't know. You know the, the team leader, Phil Linkus, um, current yeah. team. Phil uh, got to Santiago a month after I did, and he has okay. been there. And I <laughs> Nice. Uh, so, that semester was great. I, um, I like to tell people that I am the worst exchange student to go on to do Global Scope full-time. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the semester, I was like... I'm not going to do that again for the rest of my life. Like that's, that's kind of silly. Um, and then you went and launched, you went and launched a campus ministry for for six years later. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's awesome. Some personal reckonings, I guess. Have you found that you like need to be careful the, de- the declarations you make now? You're like, I, I better stop declaring things because what ha- ends up happening is it comes back and gets you. Ah, Bible study. That's lame. And then now you get plugged in. <laughs> I'm never going to do exchange again or global scope. And then you go launch a global scope. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, man. There's definitely some themes of uh, like, yeah, the opposite happening. It's going to happen. Uh, that's really really funny uh so what made you a horrible exchanger what, what, what didn't really you... like recognize the need to like build relationships with students yeah <laughs> which is the whole point. right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah i don't know like i i thought i was gonna um exist at 
Eloasis the same way that I existed at CCF, which was just like show up to events, mm-hmm. have a good time, go home. And I didn't necessarily put it together that I was meant to be like investing in relationships with students. Mm-hmm. So the semester was actually really, really good from a personal and spiritual growth perspective, mm-hmm. um, but terrible from uh, Eric's doing ministry. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So Emily, as you're getting plugged in at CCF, you know the culture there, especially during that time frame, is like, hey, we've got all these different campus ministries going on. We've got the exchange intern internship going on. You should study abroad. I mean, that's that's what I hear time and time again from folks, uh, especially around that time frame, the 2005 to 2015 kind of time frame there, that 10 year span. Did you study abroad with the exchange internship too, or was it like, oh, no, that's not really my thing? I did not. Uh, I was too scared. (laughs) Yeah. I was, yeah, I was way too afraid, especially to go somewhere that didn't speak English. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought like everyone doing that was so brave. Yeah. Um, So I studied abroad with Georgia Tech. Oh, you did? Okay. And traveled Europe. I mean, that was amazing, but I, there was no one from my faith community on the trip with me and I, Mm -hmm. I wish I could go do the same trip again with actual friends because yeah, it was I was a little bit of an outcast on that. Um, so yeah, I had people encouraging me to do it, and I you just went the other route. So what did your study abroad experience entail? Did you go to only English speaking countries, or was it like a, a study group from Georgia Tech traveling around? You mentioned travel. Yeah, part of it. So it's called the Oxford program, and mm-hmm. how it's set up is it's a ten week program. Five weeks is you're in a group uh, that travels around by bus, continental Europe, and you everyone's taking classes in art history and music history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it's amazing because you're learning about the art in class in the morning, and then you go to the museum and you see the art. Yeah. And then you go to concerts. I mean, it's just incredible. And yeah. in the last five weeks, you're in Oxford at Oxford University with Georgia Tech professors. Um, mm-hmm. And Everyone, you have long weekends every weekend, so you can do independent travel or just hang around England. So, cool. so I did. You were in, you know, non-English speaking places, but you were with a big group of Americans. So, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. So you're in this group, but so you're not really plugging in in, in the culture necessarily. Yeah. In the same way. No, we were pretty much imposing ourselves on. Yeah, yeah, group. yeah. You all had fanny packs and cameras. You're walking around imposing yourself yeah (laughs) well one you you mentioned something here with your study abroad experience that may be juxtaposed with eric's with with global scope and the exchange internship is that kind of community piece uh what what i've heard some different people touch on and maybe you guys can flesh this out a little bit further for me but they're so grateful for the exchange internship because when they showed up in a location whether it's Chile, Spain, Germany, there was a faith community and a group of people that instantly welcomed them. Uh, that even as interns, they even though they're supposed to be doing some ministry, they felt like I I already belong in this place. Yeah, and is and so was that what was missing in some ways? You mentioned being Emily feeling like an outsider with the the study abroad group. Was it like that lack of community and people are just there to party and oh yeah, look at some art. Yes, absolutely. And that reminds me of a really, I can't believe I didn't think of it right away. A really important piece of my story was 
uh, I was really good friends with someone in Atlanta who was really close friends with Jason Tatum, who was a global scope missionary in um, Birmingham, England Mm -hmm. when I was there that summer. And I, when I went on the study abroad, I had come off of probably my first uh, semester of really going all in on CCF mm-hmm. uh, because I was also in a sorority at Georgia Tech for a while. So okay. I was like in both of those. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, that one semester I made a commitment to really prioritize the CCF because it was just mm-hmm. better for me. <laughs> like those relationships, those activities were better for me than the stuff I was doing with my sorority. Um, but then the study abroad program just, it was a lot of Greek people like people uh-huh. in the 30s and <laughs> yeah uh, not it, greeks not greeks from greece you know, <laughs> you know people now. yeah now you know <laughs> but uh it was i mean it was a huge party it was notorious for that reputation mm-hmm. and like i had changed god had been changing me but then i was just in that environment uh and so i just kept making mistakes hurting myself, I mean, you know, emotionally, disappointing myself. Um, And so my friend in Atlanta was like, if you don't go meet up with this amazing person, Jason Tatum in England, when you're so close to him, I'm never going to forgive you. So I was like, all right, well, (laughs) I guess I'm going to Birmingham. And and (laughs) poor Jason Tatum, he, he probably thought he was meeting up with some Georgia Tech student to show them around England a little bit, show them his house. And I just poured my soul out to this man. Like I was desperate for that touch point of Mm -hmm. God, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm still friends with Jason Tatum to this day. Like he lives in Atlanta, just married to that girl that was like, if you don't go visit him. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. They have almost two kids now. Um, Yeah. So that was a really important day for me. And he just communicated like, God loves you. Mm. You're not meant to do this faith thing alone. So it mm. makes sense that you're struggling in this atmosphere. And yeah. you know, give yourself a break and know that God, nothing you can do or not do is gonna make God love you any less. Mm. So that was a very important day. Yeah. That's that's I mean, it had to have been extremely powerful for it to be just like marked in your brain. I mean, it sounds like almost like a turning point in a lot of ways, too. Yes. Wow. And so now whenever we have visitors in Australia, mm-hmm. like that story is brought to mind. We like mm-hmm. to ask ourselves, like, how can we be a blessing to this visitor or like short term visitors? Mostly. Yeah. Like, how can we be a blessing to these visitors who are outside of the normal context for a short mm-hmm. period of time? Maybe have a little bit more mental space to um, reflect on that context and how things are going. Yeah. I think it's a powerful piece of hospitality that's missing, you know. We maybe sometimes remain so programmed that we don't make time for the Emilys that come along our path uh, on that one random day and miss out on the opportunity for that be a, a, a massive turning point in a person like yourself yeah. uh, in their lives. So that's that's really cool that you guys use that as a framework as you view ministry and working with short-term groups or folks just making a, a brief visit there uh, to your ministry in Australia. At what point did the two of you meet? You're off in Chile. You're off in the 
UK charter bus party scene. <laughs> you're both, but you're both at CCF. Yeah. Are you are you the same age? Like, are you the yeah. same age group? And, and is, yeah. was it through yeah. CCF that you guys met? Emily is two two months older than me, um, but we're in the same. We graduated high school the same year. Yeah. So we met when we were sophomores at Tech. And so before, that was before both of these exchange semesters. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we had a class together, Management Statistics, which is one of the easiest classes at Georgia Tech. And Emily got an A in the class, and I got a D in the class. Yeah. <laughs> so, whoops. I think I got like 99%. It was like high school. Like, you yeah. like, here's your worksheets that I already three hole punched for you. You know, study them and you will do well. Yeah. I was like, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. That, that semester coincided with us becoming like actual friends. Like we had the mm -hmm. class together fall 20, 2009. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had the class together and then we were seeing each other at CCF and we just became pretty good friends. Um, and then we remained friends over the next uh two two years or so two or three mm -hmm. years um and then we started dating in may 2012 mm -hmm. right? 10 years ago 10 years ago wow yep yep, yep. So, so when when you guys came back both from your study abroad experiences eric with cmf emily with georgia tech and you guys are kind of liking each other, kind of getting ready to start dating. Friendship things are getting more serious. Where did like longer term service come into play for you guys? Because you also were at a weird time historically in the United States with the economic crisis of 2008, 2009. So I would imagine you guys probably were getting some serious pressure, even like, hey, you need to get a job after after college and all kinds of stuff like that. So walk me through a little bit of those details like when when did cmf become more serious as an option after you declared you would never do it and 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 then and was there a lot of family pressure or even just cultural pressure at georgia tech during that time like hey you, you need to get a job you need to get an internship you need to do something different than just the the ccf ministry thing I think after the financial crisis or during and in the immediate aftermath a lot of people told me that it was very good slash lucky that we were in college while it happened hmm. opposed to like looking for a job while it happened. <clears throat> so it happened 2008, 2009. So that was like our freshman and sophomore year of, yeah. or of college. And so a lot of tech students take five years to graduate and Emily and I both took five years. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we were, well, when I got back from Chile, I was, I started dating one of my fellow exchange students. Mm -hmm. There's also some pretty deep irony in that relationship because she had a desire to go work for Global Scope in the future, um, and I did not want to. And so that was like kind of a point of tension, kind of like the biggest long-term point of tension in our relationship was that. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to Global Scope. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so eventually, in 2012, we broke up, um, and Emily and I started dating. Mm -hmm. And we were in senior leadership together at CCF mm -hmm. 2012, 2013. And that was one of the best years of my life and one of the best years of Emily's life also. Um, 
and then we interned at CCF together. Um, the following year, so you graduated that year, and then the following year, you're the interns uh, yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, and I think during yeah. the intern years, when um, we both were independently considering ministry moving forward, uh, mm. we also both um, had an opportunity to visit Emmanuel Christian Seminary, mm -hmm. and I decided, I think, before you that I was going to go to seminary. Mm -hmm. And so the seminary decision came before the global scope decision. Okay. Uh, but Eric had, it, it was during that intern year that we put together a packet of research on Australia uh, hmm. and were thinking about it. He was, Eric was like committed to it long before I was probably like well over a year, I'd say. Yeah. For me. Um, but we, so this was like maybe October, November, 2013. Um, prior to my CCF intern year, I was about 99% sure that I was going to work uh, for Delta Airlines and Human Resources because mm -hmm. that's what it was and that's what my um, college co-op was, uh, was at Delta mm -hmm. Human Resources for four semesters. And so, um, I was sold on that. And then maybe around October, I realized that I was actually, I just loved campus ministry. I loved mm. nearly every single part of it. I also didn't have very many, like, um, I in particular didn't have very many administrative tasks as an intern. I had a lot of students to mm -hmm. invest in, pour into. And I loved, really loved that. Like you were leading the freshman, freshman, sophomore, sophomore group. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really loved that, and I was thinking about Global Scope and Rick Harper, the um, campus minister at Tech at CCF, was encouraging me to consider planting another ministry in Germany because my dad uh, lived in Germany at the time. Yeah, okay. And I was like, man, I just really don't like cold weather, Rick. So <laughs> I'm probably not going to do that, but. Um, uh, I kept thinking about like, okay, well, let's look at this map. Like where else could we go? Um, and I had a, I had always had like a desire to visit slash move to Australia, like even mm -hmm. as a child, uh, a young child. And then again, as a teenager. And so I asked Phil, the global scope director, um, like how have we ever considered, um, like planting a ministry in Australia? Yeah because I was like, it seems like moderate slam dunk, like they speak English. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of renowned universities there. Um, and Phil, I, I, I look back at this email several times in the past decade, but um, his response was like, yeah, we haven't um, explicitly looked at it, um, but we'll support someone who's someone slash a team that's like passionate about it for sure. Oh, and also the CMF, um, executive director just got back from a trip to Australia like a week ago and asked like, why haven't we considered planting a ministry in Australia? What? Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's oh, pretty yeah. amazing to see those worlds coming. Oh, there's the threads all coming together. I like that. That's yeah. really cool. So that email was a fairly, we could use the word providential. Email. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and so we had a we had like an initial meeting with Emily and I and Cody um, 
our current teammate Cody and Cody's girlfriend at the time uh, in November 2013. And then that was like on a Friday. And then the following week as interns, we went to Emmanuel on that Emmanuel visit that Emily mm. um, uh, mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. So even just thinking about that though, you, so global, this kind of is form forming the global scope, Australia stuff. It sounds like it's probably like intriguing, but you mentioned just Emily ministry that like you were both feeling called the ministry. Was it campus ministry specifically? And, and not necessarily Australia is like, Hey, maybe we want to do something similar to what we've experienced here at Georgia tech doing campus ministry in the United States, or was it even church ministry that led towards like uh, an interest in Emmanuel too? You know what I'm saying? Like were there was a, the Australia thing there as an option, but really it was, you guys had initial leanings towards other styles of ministry. I think for me, definitely. Um, and I think I'm still very open to different types of ministry. I don't know what the future holds. Um, and my job experiences, even though I hadn't decided to go into ministry, I mean, I interned at a church one summer mm -hmm. like before I was thinking, I'm going to do ministry. Uh, and I worked for a nonprofit in South Atlanta that tried to reinvigorate the economic, this like food desert area. Um, so I was doing a lot of like social community minded things. Mm -hmm. Whereas Eric was like working in human resources at Delta. Yeah. So I was definitely on that trajectory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, for me, it was like, I was deeply sold on campus ministry specifically, even mm -hmm. now, like I would probably, I mean, you know, if I have to, um, you know, fracture my identity into different. Yeah. Aspects. Like I would definitely consider myself a campus minister more so than a missionary. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so that was like 2013, 2014. That's, that's, I would definitely say like, I'm super into campus ministry. I'm also super into moving to Australia. Like mm -hmm. now, um, eight years later, I could definitely see myself working in other. Yeah. Uh, like capacities roles yeah mm -hmm. i still think that campus ministry is yeah um, if your only choice was germany you would go do campus ministry in germany right is what you're saying uh, <laughs> you're in the US yeah. And then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>well one thing i love to ask uh folks that are uh, on the podcast with me um looking at that college experience and, and particularly looking even at the way study abroad looked for the two of you, what would be some words of advice to the Emily of 2009, 2010 or the Eric of 2009, 2010 as you're wrestling with involvement at CCF, as you're wrestling with, should I go on this exchange internship or not? You got any any words for a young adult that's maybe in that same place where you guys were at and uh any, any thoughts that you'd like to impart upon them oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah let's let's hear it, Bring it. <laughs> i think my story in college especially reflects years of feeling more drawn to god but struggling 
to keep some areas of my life for myself. Mm. I tried to have maintain separate lives with sorority, everything that goes along with that and CCF and tried to have just the best of both worlds. So my advice to myself would be, and anyone else is like, God wants every part of your life and it's way worth it to do that, you know, to go wholeheartedly in on this thing instead of taking years to, you know, try to split myself in half, try to split my heart in half. Like that wasn't a good plan on my part. No, wholehearted. I love that. And for me, I'm thinking about um, like, relational skills and spiritual engagement um how in in college or in university like a lot of time we spent is like concerned with um career building skills mm. uh, which is to be expected for sure um, but um after spending time with people who are older than us including like people in their 50s people in their 70s 80s 90s um i've kind of observed that spiritual engagement and relational skills are like lifelong uh, pursuits. Whereas like our career is, you know, if you're a standard American, you're gonna retire in your sixties and then you've got somewhere between probably 10 and 30 years left of life. And if you don't have a spiritual base, like strong relational skills, then you're gonna lose a lot of sense of purpose. Or if you lose your job in the middle of your career or have to make a career change, or if you have a child and decide to like be a parent, um, like all of those things are worth pursuing, but culture and specifically university cultures don't necessarily like promote that. They're at best, at best like a secondary pursuit. Whereas like in campus ministry, it's kind of the primary goal. Yeah. As oh, I love that. Uh, it's it's both of those are are such powerful uh, words of advice from from the both of you. I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, as you then think on going to seminary, I'd love to hear a little bit about that too. Like that choice of deciding, okay, I'm I'm not going to do the typical American. Uh, you know, university experience of pursuing a career after college based off of my degree that I got from this university. And instead I'm going to go to seminary. Uh, what did feed that choice eventually? And then also what did family pressure look like? Uh, Cause I'm guessing maybe it looked a little bit different for the both of you too. Like, wait, you're not going to go work for Delta or, you know, you know, you're not, use this degree that you got from Georgia Tech, this prestigious university, uh, and you're going to go to seminary and you're talking about Australia? Like, what what did that look like? Family pressure and then the ultimate choice to, to go to Emmanuel. I had, uh, I had essentially no family pressure or, um, like, my family was supportive entirely. Oh, awesome. Um, and going to Australia. Uh, my mom was supportive for sure um she's one of our biggest financial supporters now uh, my dad had, had my parents got divorced my dad like paid for my the rest of my college tuition um wow. when he moved to germany um and so um uh, he i mean he had like a financial stake 
or like a you know return on investment kind of state. <laughs> sure, right. He was also, but I was also his fourth child. So mm-hmm. um, you know, at some point, it's like you know, I'm 72 years old. I'm not going to like argue with my 20 year old son about like what he's going to do with his future. He yeah. was so he was very very supportive, um, and he came to visit CCF one time when I was an intern. And um, he was actually kind of hard of hearing at this particular point in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but he told me that he loved what I was doing and that he wanted to continue to support me and to support me financially. And wow. then when I asked him for support, when we were support raising to go to Australia, he was also like, let me see what kind of like financial moves I can make to like support you as much as possible. Um, so that was, yeah. Oh, that's huge, man. Yeah. And that's also been true for Emily. Yeah, yeah, we've been yeah. really. I think it's a rare story for a Georgia Tech graduate mm. turned missionary that there's yeah. no, there's really been no, you know, comments about missed income opportunities mm-hmm. uh, like that. Eric's dad also went to one of the global scopes <laughs> in Germany. Yeah. It helps them yeah. build a garden bed, was it? Yeah, it was like a community garden bed outside. Are you serious? That's awesome, man. We lived like maybe an hour and a half away from Tubingen. Yeah. Um, and so I told him like, hey, there's a global scope there and put Beth Jarvis in touch with him and mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Uh, that's that's so cool. And man, that's phenomenal that both your families uh, have been so supportive in this journey for yeah. you up to this point, but even at that time. Because, uh, yeah, that's definitely not the case for a lot of our missionaries within CMF, uh, often for married couples. One of the families is maybe more supportive than the other within the couple. Uh, and so to hear that both of you all feel so loved and supported uh, in this journey yeah, is really, really phenomenal. That's cool. With What's that, Emily? I was going to talk about the seminary decision. because Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask a little bit more about that. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, to do campus ministry, you don't need a seminary degree. I mean, to be a minister of any kind, right? a relational minister, you don't need a seminary degree. So I think the decision for me to go, instead of thinking I'm preparing for a job in ministry, it was, it was definitely more personal than that. It was, I need someone to look me in the face and tell me those red flags you felt when you pick up the Bible, especially in the old Testament, maybe Mm -hmm. those red flags are legitimate. We don't need to run away from them. We can like look harder at them and figure out how to move forward. And they do not need to like be stumbling blocks to our faith Mm -hmm. reasons why we ultimately walk away from the faith, you know? Yeah. So our time at Emmanuel, which we just, we took a very yeah. long. Congratulations. Yeah. Your recent graduates, you know, eight years later. Yeah. Eight years. Yeah. <laughs> it was obviously very formative for us because we we're doing it partially full time at the beginning and then um, alongside ministry in Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, the students that we're serving, they don't care. We have a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But all of our classes, even like Hebrew, which we took in Australia, would come up in ministry conversations. Like seriously, every single one. Church history, yeah, uh, exegesis classes. I mean, mm. 
they were kept, those classes were captivating our minds. So they're mm -hmm. kept, like, coming out in conversations and students were interested, you know? Yeah. That's really cool that it informed the conversations you're having with students on the ground. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really interesting. I wouldn't imagine Hebrew being all that interesting to college students. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of a novelty, right? And right. Whenever you ask someone like, hey, what's going on with you? And they return the question, you're, you're going to be like, well, I'm taking this class. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's a good conversation starter, right? <laughs> so when, then you're at Emmanuel. You're exploring this stuff with Global Scope in Australia. When did the decision come about that, like, oh, all right, we need to pursue affiliating with CMF and going with Global Scope to Australia and not finish the degree? Because I'm, I'm sure that had to have been at one point a conversation you guys are having. And and at what point did you guys get married uh, in that too? It'd be interesting to hear. Was that? You know, is it all hand in hand, getting the, getting married, pushing pause on on-campus life at Emmanuel and, and going to Australia? Fill us in on those details. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fellowship Podcast. Be sure to keep an eye out for our follow-up episode with Eric and Emily. You will learn about the adventure of launching a new CMF Global Scope ministry in Australia and how they really feel about Vegemite. And finally, Will you please take a minute to like, subscribe, and review to The Fellowship wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help more folks connect with CMF and learn about the ways that God can work in and through them.